Good morning and uh, hi there. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, for those who don't know me, my name is John Sane. I am an uh, author and a speaker and a lecturer at a bunch of different ref universities. I'm highly fascinated with uh, human psychology, quantum science, and neuroscience, as well as the future and business strategy. And so what I do is I combine these in order to be able to bring about a level of clarity and a level of courage to audiences that I speak to and people that read my book so that hopefully we are able to create the world we want rather than the world that we're in. Today's talk uh, is something that I've been working on over the last two weeks or so, and I'm doing it to multiple different cameras. So I'm looking away from the camera. Please excuse me. I'm not looking directly into each one, but I'm doing this for a different set of uh, sort of platforms. So I'll be going through different cameras. Also, this whole talk will be recorded and be put on YouTube as well as Facebook, and it'll be there as the live that we're doing right now. So you'll always be able to access it again. And also, I am developing an ebook that you'll be able to get by Thursday. And we've already started writing some of the ebook, and we will have the ebook finished hopefully by Wednesday, Thursday, and have it designed and ready for everybody to have. Today's talk is very much to help us understand the best way we can approach what we need to do now in order to be able to create the world that we want to live in. So I'm going to give a couple minutes for people to join as I see the numbers starting to grow on the platforms, and we can start the process. Uh, shortly. I uh, live in Dubai now and uh, I recently decided to, well recently, <laughs> yes, three weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, I decided to come and live on my parents' farm in Mahubas Kloof, which is in the northern mountains of South Africa. They have an organic avocado farm, raspberry farm and guest houses in the forest. And so I'm right now in the forest and I'm very lucky to be able to have my mom's cooking. Uh, time with my family and ability to run in the forest every morning as I prepare for my day. I found this time to be incredibly um, rich in time, 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 so much time to research, so much time to dive into the things that I wasn't able to do when my life was busy, as I'm sure you'll agree, time to speak to friends or family or to do those little things around the house or to research those little topics that you wanted to have now become available to us. So, I think it's a good time to start the talk. Uh, so again, welcome and thank you for joining me. Today's talk is called Future Now. Welcome to our future, where our dreams become a reality and so do all our nightmares. This coronavirus has shaken the foundations of our social and economic coexistence indefinitely. We are seeing some very painful things come through in social media and on the news. We are experiencing an uncontrollable collapse of everyday life and the world as we knew it. What happens now will change the way we do business, the way we structure our societies, the way we run our governments, the way we work, the way we collaborate, the way we consume, the way we spend the way we travel, and the way we educate ourselves, all at once. And this is the monumental thing that's happening here, is that every structure of our society, every touch point of our reality has been turned upside down. This unprecedented global crisis is an opportunity for us to prepare ourselves collectively for the future we want rather than the future we had. 
And I'm sure you'll all agree that the future we had was an outdated, overheated industrial revolution that we didn't know how to get off the train. We didn't know how to get off the train of more, no matter what. And all of us were frustrated and angry with what was going on with the environment, but many of us didn't know how to get off the train because those things were still celebrated. And so now we have this incredible opportunity to prepare for this new, dynamic, multi-adaptive world rather than the linear industrial world that we came from. This reset button, this pause button, is giving us an opportunity for maybe the very first time to give us the opportunity to go inwards, both physically, because we are all isolated, as well as emotionally, so that we can go inwards and we can start thinking about the things that we often didn't give the sort of time to before because we were just busy being busy. But also keep in mind, before I start this talk, is any existing sort of condition that we had as human beings is being magnified by this coronavirus. In other words, if you were anxious, you're going to be even more anxious now. If you were sick, you could possibly die now. If you were angry with the world, you now have even more opportunity to be angry with the world. But if you were in a thriving mindset, you've now even got a new opportunity to thrive, which is the most incredible thing. Because maybe even in your thriving mindset before, you had gotten a little bit sort of bored. And now this is this new opportunity to operate in a brand new world. And I've seen some of my friends really take this by the horns and move forward with it. So welcome to this new world, our new future, where both our dreams and our nightmares are being turbocharged. And I think that's the key here and about this talk is that whatever we do from now is turbocharging, is magnifying, is exaggerating it so that we are able to be able to fast track either our demise or our upliftment. And so for many years, I have been incredibly fascinated with the future and I've spoken to many organizations and governments and individuals about the future. And with much enthusiasm, because I'm an enthusiastic person, I would go about building these talks, writing the books and doing the presentations and strategy sessions. And very often I would go back, in fact, not very often, always I would go back and pretty much nothing had happened inside those organizations and governmental institutions. The human being inside that place had seen the future in a categorized and contextualized way that I delivered it. But very, very few, if not none, would have changed their behavior. And so today's talk is called Future Now, which means that there's nothing about the future that I'm going to talk about, because I think it's incredibly difficult to talk about the future that's still developing at a rapid pace changing. And so I personally was halfway through my book, my, well, a third of the way through my, my fourth book called The Evolution of Value, which I've stopped because I think it's irrelevant moving into the future that we're moving into because the, the information really doesn't matter anymore. So I've had to start writing a new book called From the Future which actually stopped writing because I can't determine what the future is going to look like yet. There are 12 mega trends that are forming and morphing and shifting and shape-shifting right in front of our eyes. So today's talk has got nothing to do with the future. It's got to do with what we do now. That's why it's called the future now. And again, let's be really clear is that the world we come from was driven mostly by anxiousness was driven mostly from us running from pillar to post without even realizing what we were running for, towards, or from. We were just running. And I myself is included. So busy, so much movement, even though I was having a great time, but so incredibly busy that 
I wasn't doing certain things that I'm having the joy of doing now. So let's get started on the nine points that I have created as a framework, which I have myself practiced in order to get me into a state that I am now, which is one of a creator, which is one of a sort of curious human being thinking about what's next and able to access that sort of level of energy that gives us the opportunity to create as a sort of being in a world that's changing at such a dynamic pace. So you might have heard some of these points in some of my other videos, but I wanted to put them into a succinct process and a framework of one to nine of how I've gone through about getting myself ready into this new adaptable world where you can become comfortable with the unknown. And this is really the crux of it is the future is unknown to everybody. So how do we become comfortable with it? How do we become comfortable with the unknown? And this is a very difficult thing for human beings to do. So let's get cracking. Number one, give yourself the time to grieve your future memories. You see, memories are not only from our past, they're also from our future. We create memories into the future. And when we go through a divorce, which I've been through one, the grieving process is really about letting go of those future memories. And so no matter how frivolous your future memories were, whether it was about buying a pair of shoes or going on a holiday or going on a date or even getting married, all of it has been canceled. All of it has been shifted and all those memories need a process of mourning. Now, the mourning process is very well documented and it's not my process, but many of us need to understand that there's five stages to the mourning process. The first one is denial, and we all go through that when this initially started happening. Many of us thought it's not going to come to our country, or it's not going to be that bad, or it's just something that's going to stay in the East, or my life's not really going to be impacted, it's going to be everybody else's lives, and we go through a process of denial. And then all of a sudden, we realize that it is impacting us, and we become incredibly angry with the fact that this disease from somewhere else in the world has now stopped my income, has stopped my business, has stopped my future memories, and we go through a process of anger. And then we go through a process of bargaining. Okay, well, maybe I can just like sit this out a bit. Maybe I won't have to move. I don't want to make too many drastic decisions. I'll just wait for this to pass over. And then eventually we get to grief. And this is a tough part because none of us really want to feel grief because it's a very difficult emotion. And I found myself having like pockets of grief where I sob at what's going on. And I just get emotional now, but at about what's going on. And, and so these sort of processes of denial, anger, bargaining, and grief, and finally acceptance become part and parcel of us mourning our future memories. And they can bounce between each other. You can feel angry and then grief and then acceptance and then bargaining and keep going through them. But ultimately what you want to do is you want to get to radical acceptance. And for me, it's about reminding myself of this radical acceptance. And this is point five or six later on, which I'll get deeper into this. This process also gets you to sort of move up the panic barometer. In other words, you start off by hearing these sort of things saying, what the hell's going on? What do you mean they have 
close the whole city in China. I'd be like, what do you mean by that? What do you mean that my whole business might go folded? Or what do you mean that all my memories are going to be gone? And that moves from what the hell's going on to how do I survive this? How do I make sure that I make it out of this? How do I make sure that I've got enough food or money or my family's okay? And then ultimately, we need to get to a place where, where are the opportunities in this? Where can I get to a point where I can access my skills and I can start adding value to my community around me so that we can start uplifting everybody? Because guess what? Everybody's in this together. And so if we're going to be selfish about it, we aren't able to uplift people around us. In fact, we could even find ourselves really depressed about the whole situation. So the first thing I did, and I think many of us have done, and maybe even some of us are still going through it, is mourn our future memories. So that's really step one. And I think that's a very clear emotional call to be gentle with yourself and to give yourself the time to go through this process. Number two, this situation is triggering our very fundamental survivor consciousness. In other words, where we are in our world, on our level of survivor, we are now being triggered at this level. And so, again, I'll remind you that this is magnifying a lot of the underlying things that were going on in our lives anyway. If you weren't really liking your job, you even hate it now more and it might even have disappeared. If your business was on the brink all the time for many, many years, it's now folded. If you were having a bad relationship, this is even going to magnify that. And so this really is about our survivor consciousness. And we can now choose at what way we can come at this situation around us. And there's two options. We can come at it from a junior consciousness or we can come at it from a mature consciousness. In other words, is this happening to me or is this happening for me? And so let me break down these two sort of triangles of consciousness so we can sort of um, understand those characteristics. And these have been incredibly helpful to me because I have had the time to break down the parts of my life that I'm coming at from an immature place and from a mature place. And then these characteristics will shine a light on where you are coming at something with a junior consciousness and a mature consciousness. So each one of them are a triangle. And the first sort of triangle is called the victim triangle or the poor me triangle or the junior triangle. And each corner of the triangle has a characteristic. The first characteristic is the poor me characteristic. Poor me I can't believe this is happening to me. The whole world is against me. It's because I'm white, because I'm black, because I'm a woman, because I'm a man, because, because I'm middle, because, because, because a million different reasons. But that's your choice if you want to go into that space of feeling sorry for yourself. The other one, the other part of the triangle is being a savior or feeling sympathetic for everybody. And so many, many people go about feeling sad for all those people around them and continuously justify their willingness to feel sad for people because that's a good thing to do. Rubbish. It's a terrible thing to do. The best thing you could do for the people you're sad about is be in an inspired place so you could help them and uplift them. So we fall into this notion that if we're feeling sad and we're saving them, then we're doing the best job we can. Wrong. It's exactly the opposite of that. And the third part of the triangle is the angry person. The person that's blaming the government, blaming people that are licking the trolley handles. I don't know if you've seen that video, but my God. Anyway, blaming the people that are licking the trolley handles or blaming some presidents who are just ridiculously 
backwards. Thank God the South African president's amazing. The Dubai uh, Sheikh has really done incredible things. And many countries have done really well, but some presidents really haven't. And we know who they are. And also, what about people that are angry about the country that created this disease? And so if you're moving between poor me, saving the world because you're feeling sympathetic or because you're angry with the world, stop you're in a junior consciousness. None of these actually help you evolve. None of them do. And so maybe in some of your parts of your life, you don't have these characteristics, but in some you do. And in those parts, you need to actually get real with the fact of these energizing us or energizing me or actually taking energy away from me. So let's move into the sort of concept of mature consciousness or the triangle that gives us an opportunity to look at things that energize us. So we could take that energy of poor me to how do, I, how do I become a creator? How do I now utilize this process to create something brand new? Or you could move from sympathetic to empathetic. In other words, feeling sorry for somebody and seeing it from their point of view and helping them coach them to get better at who they are and what they can do. So you could replace victim to creator. You could coach, um, replace uh, sympathetic or savior to coach and empathetic, and then the person who's angry could become a challenger. And what a challenger is, is somebody who can guide somebody else to become a better version of themselves so that we get into a point where we're moving away from, oh my God, this is a this situation is not letting me get what I want or is stopping me from getting what I want. And so we need to move away from that to the point of what is this showing me? And you can only come across doing that if you're coming from a mature consciousness and the triangle of coach, challenger, or creator. So move away from those ideologies around victim and poor me and feeling sympathy and being angry. And if you are in any of those stages in any parts of your life, just become aware of them because once you become aware of them, you can start fixing them. Again, just to remind you, all of this is going to be in an ebook, so you can have access to all of it, and I'm going to, we'll be done with it by Thursday, and you can have access to it. If you want it, please leave your email address or DM me your email address, and I'll send them off to you so that uh, you have access to them. Also, this will be saved on YouTube and Facebook, so you'll be able to come back and check them out. Three, let's prepare like it's never going back to normal. Let's prepare like the whole world has changed fundamentally. And let's really get clear that this virus has been the biggest catalyst for a digital transformation in our reality. It's now a matter of survival for both personal brands and business brands to become digital. And we have to start acting like the old world is not happening anymore and the new world is coming. And this point is called burn your ships. Burn your past. Get rid of the concept that you're going back to what used to be. It's not there anymore. Now, it might be, and you'll go back with a brand new version of you and a brand new version of adding value to the world. But if you don't act like the you are now moving into a brand new world, you'll be lazy. You'll be dilly-dallying, thinking, well, no, it's going to be okay just now, and I'll be fine just now. And that's not the truth. There was a, a great story about a general that arrived on a land um, to get into battle, and he had a ship full, a ships full of soldiers. But when they got to the place of battle, they realized that there were more soldiers on land than they had. And so the general, instead of retreating, he told all his soldiers to burn the ships so that they had to go into battle. It's a bit of a harsh example, but the, pro the point here is that, look, we're not going back to normal. 
act like it, pretend like it. Somebody emailed me yesterday from a law firm said, what should I do? And if you are listening, please realize that the law firm that you had most probably won't be there when you go back. So stop wanting to try and have little innovations around that. Start scratch, start brand new so that you're able to uh, invent, reinvent, recalibrate and refocus who you are. But also remember that a lot of disasters bring about incredible things. You know, mobile money grew in Kenya because of civil sort of unrest and riots. Female professional liberation came after the World War II and they decided that, you know, thank God, uh, women need to come into the professional place and now we're starting to see even the, the sort of expansion of that, thank God again. And also remember that many great things came out of 2008 and the way we moved forward from that. So this disaster is going to create many new opportunities. So you decide, are you going to stay on that sinking ship where you're going to burn it and start a new one. Four, your state is who you are. In other words, how you look and perceive at the world, both physically, emotionally, and mentally, is how you are coming to the world, how you're perceiving the world, and your perspective of the world determines how you prepare for it. And so that's the key you need to be focusing on is that how do you put yourself in the right state every day? And I think that's the real key here is people think that if they just meditate once a week, they're going to be fine. But the truth is, if you're not meditating every day and meditating twice a day, how are you getting to make sure that you are emotionally fit? And so let's go through the three states. The first one, and I think the most important one, is the emotional state that we carry. And the emotional, the sort of emotional state is driven by two things for me. And these are my personal sort of experiences. The first one is meditation. And I follow Dr. Joe Dispenza and Dr. Joe Dispenza has these meditations where he brings about coherence between your heart and your brain. And when you have coherence between your heart and your brain, you have a calm, clear approach towards everything in your life. So the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I just wake up, put my earphones on and go straight into a 30 minutes or an hour meditation, depending on what I feel like and how much time I have. Well, guess what? I have a lot of time nowadays, but I, I do the long meditation and I'm able to get myself into the right state for the day so that I can have this clarity of heart and brain coherence. And then I journal. I journal my gratitude stuff, the things that I'm grateful for, and also the things that could be worst, cannot say, worst case scenario aspect. So what is the worst case scenario of what's going on around here? And after you've written them down for a couple of days, you realize that they're just, they're just they're old things. You don't have to worry about them. You can start focusing on the things that you want to be doing. The second thing we need to be doing is getting our mental state right. And our mental state is very much about what are we thinking about throughout the day and are we giving ourselves directives? Now, my good friend and, and co-host on my podcast, Expansive, uh, Eric, he always says that you need to be giving yourself three directives for the day, three things to focus on. And I further went down to break them down into what are you learning today? How are you growing today? And when are you chilling today? And those three things, especially in isolation, you can break your day down to give your brain the opportunity to grow, learn, or learn, grow, and chill. In other words, what am I upgrading myself with? Two, how am I expanding my brand, my business, my new model into the future? And three, when do I get some time just to chill out and just relax and watch something relaxing on TV? And finally, the state of physical health. And for me, I've always been training my whole life as long as I can remember. But for me, two 20-minute sessions a day is imperative. I run in the mornings in the forest and in the afternoons, I walk with the dogs on the farm. But if you're inside an apartment, 
platform and Dubai is doing some incredible things online. So check them out. Steve Uriah from Switch is giving free workouts on Zoom. So there's a lot of opportunity for you to be moving your body so that you got the right physical state, mental state and emotional state to be able to create the world you want rather than the world we were in. Number five, let me just have a sip of water. If you have any questions, please put them into the comments. I'll try my best to try and answer them. But uh, again, I'll be sharing more and more over the next sort of week. Uh, if I find sort of themes of questions, I'll start doing videos around those as well. So the next point, uh, number five, is focus on what you want rather than what you don't want. In other words, give Crisis News Network, which is all of them, 10 minutes a day. And then give yourself another 10 minutes to discuss the points from Crisis News Network with your friends. And then stop. Stop engaging with the world that's going on out there. Just stop engaging with the drama that's created out there. And if you enjoy drama, realize that you are in the junior consciousness because you want to be part of rescuing, worrying, feeling bad for yourself and being angry with somebody. Because guess what? That's all Crisis News Network does. It makes you feel angry. It makes you feel sorry for yourself and it gives you an opportunity to be a victim so give yourself 10 minutes and what i've been doing is i've been watching 10 minutes in the evening with my parents and then otherwise we are gardening we are doing joe dispenza meditations together we're doing lectures of joe dispenza so really focus your energy on where you're going rather than where you've been it's irrelevant where we've been it doesn't even matter anymore and what we need to be doing is focusing on the sort of north star of where we're going Number six, and I think this is something that I've written about, not I think, I have written about this in my last book, Foresight, and it's the opportunity to make time disappear. You know, the thing is, is that we are stuck with ourselves inside an apartment, a house, uh, wherever we are with family or alone, and now we have this opportunity to either measure time minute by minute or allow it to disappear. And I made a video about this recently, but really what it's about is for us to understand that the world we come from, the industrial world we come from, required us to take on a role that would make the factory line work better. In other words, we were created or educated to become cogs in a machine that would be moving society forward, just like a factory line. And as we got better and smarter moving away from factory lines, we became doctors and we became accountants and we became lawyers and we became engineers. And all of these roles are perfect to be able to become a cog in the machine of the Industrial Revolution. They are all logical, left brain processes of bringing about some sort of impact to the world around us. But the world we're moving forward into this dynamic quantum world that we're moving into is really going to be celebrating uniqueness and uniqueness is brought about by authenticity and authenticity is brought about you asking yourself a question every day moment by moment what makes me most excited what shines brightest for me what shouts at me when I get online? What is it that I always get myself stuck into and I can't stop researching and thinking about and talking about? And this is your curiosity because your curiosity is unique to you. Only you, based on your makeup, 
your history, your culture, your persona, and whatever it may be. And so this curiosity is something that will make you authentic and unique, which is something that will be celebrated in this new multidimensional world. And so if you are still stuck in a linear way of thinking, realize that that linear way of thinking is dying right in front of our eyes. It's no more necessary to be another cog in the machine because guess what? How many great lawyers do you know? How many great doctors do you know? How many great engineers do you know? How many great accountants do you know? There are so many. There's a surplus of smart people in the world. And what we need is a surplus of unique people in the world. And because of the sharing economy and because of the collaboration that this virus is creating and because of the internet, we are now able to sell our unique gift to the world, not so much our community, but a community that's more global. So realize that the world we're moving into requires you to be more you than ever before so that you can add value in your own unique, authentic way to the world. And the more unique and authentic you are, the more you become celebrated. You're not commoditized like many smart people were with many degrees. And so the thing is, is there's nothing wrong with having the degree, but it's about then adding to it changing it, shifting it and collaborating it and changing it into something that's unique with your offering. So that's six. Seven. This concept for me is taken from a book um, called Anti-Fragile. The same gentleman wrote about uh, the black swans and black swans are these unprecedented things that happen to society as a whole. 9-11, the crash, the tsunami that happened in Thailand many years ago. These are all black swans. They came out of nowhere and they create incredible havoc. But his second book is called Anti-Fragile. And I love this concept so much. And this is what it says. It says, look, if you are coming from the creator mindset, you'll realize that any challenge is fantastic because it gives you another opportunity to sort of um, work that muscle and get that muscle focused so that you can become more of a creator, more adaptable and shift and look for new and unique ways to add impact to the world. So anti-fragile means if you're fragile or if you have something fragile and it drops, it breaks. But if you're anti-fragile, it means when you drop it, it gets stronger. It's about getting stronger in points of challenge in points of uncertainty and it's really about coming at it from a conscious more mature triangle where you're a challenger coach and a creator so really work around this thing around being anti-fragile so if you think about it it's very much the same as being fit in sports now i'm a runner and uh, so when you're running uh, the quicker you can bring your breath back to normal that's how fit you are. So this is the exact same thing, is the quicker you can get yourself out of shock and into a process of creation, you are now fit emotionally, physically, and mentally, and you become anti-fragile in the process. Two more to go. Eight. I call this one exponential living. And exponential living for me is very different to linear living. And I made a video a couple of months ago called, why is it that most people can describe their next holiday better than they can describe the world they want to live in? Think about it. If you had to go on holiday next week, oh, sorry, <laughs> all those holidays are gone. When we were going on holidays, you would know the details of that holiday with incredible precision. 
what time to be at the airport, what visa to have, what passport stamp, what clothes to wear, what workouts to do at the gym if you're going to the beach or if you're going skiing, what exercise. You would have all so many details. But the future we're moving into, many of us don't have it in as much detail. So for me, it's about describing the life you want, who you want to be when this all ends. And when you have clarity on that GPS coordinate, you're able to design your life differently. And the way I've done it is I've designed my life around lifestyle first. And my lifestyle that I wanted to have and I have now or had until this happened was flexible, nomadic, moving around the world and seeing as much as I could, adding as much value as I could in a nomadical, luxurious, minimalistic way. That was my lifestyle. So I designed my life backwards from that lifestyle. And the, because that was my number one focus, I also started to realize that if that is the case, then the investment in property doesn't make sense. Uh, being tied down to any contracts anywhere, it doesn't make sense. And so your investment process, your patience level, who you start engaging with, all changes when you have the end in mind and start working backwards. Now, one of the things that I'm really keen on doing is writing more and more books. And I want them obviously to get to a New York Times bestseller because that's the Oscars of what I do. So if I can get recognized in that place because I've done really great work, then it's a wonderful place to go. And because of aimed at that, I have changed my research team around me, my people that help me write, write my books, my patience levels, my ability to now move to Dubai away from Cape Town to be more into the global world, engaging with PR companies and publicists that also know that world better and also realizing that I need to write a book every year so that I can get better and better and better and better and also have momentum behind my brand so that if and when I do launch in America, I can move into that space of being a New York Times bestseller. So start at the end in mind. And I often say this, get away from to-do lists and get onto a to-be list. Who do you want to be and work backwards? And that really gives you the impetus, energy, focus, and recalibrating what you're looking for in the world so that you can start with the end in mind. And the last point. This new world we are moving into is incredibly scary. It is, like I said at the beginning of my talk, rocking the foundations of everything we knew from education to retail, to banking, to governments, to food, to security. I mean, all of it is being rocked. Now, the way we are able to get ready for the future is to let go of our past. And in my book, Foresight, I write about this. We call it a wisdom and as Alan Watts said, the knowledgeable man has to learn something new every day, but the wise man has to unlearn something new every day. And in our process of breaking expectations of what the future should look like, the way we do that is by fixing our past. And the way we fix our past is we can now look at the memories we carry and choose the memories that energize us and choose the memories that make us anxious, angry, and resentful, and then try and heal those memories. Because we've all got people that we don't like and parents that didn't do what they were supposed to do and a government that did this and all sorts of millions of different stories and ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend that does this to you. And so when we fall victim to the process of having past resentments, we aren't able to create our future from a clean slate. And so in order for us to have a clean slate, in order to create into the future, we have to let go of the past. We have to let go of anything that hurt us. Now, 
If you've read any of your books, you'll know that I've had a tumultuous relationship with my dad. And I've had to take myself through a process of realizing that my dad is just another human being. And he wasn't able to do the emotional work in his world. And so me expecting that from him for the longest time put me in a state of resentment. And for the longest time, I just didn't have peace with it. And now I have absolute peace because I was able to heal that relationship and my ex-wife and healing that relationship and really just healing as many different patterns from our past in order to be able to have a future that is clear, focused and brand new. And so that's another reason I moved to Dubai. And many people ask me, why did you move to Dubai? And I always say to myself, you know, there's no city in the world with a clean slate. Every city in the world has got some history and some past. And so we don't do things like that here, old boy, because that's the way they've always been done. And that's London, obviously. But Dubai has got no history. Like the history is minimal. And so now you can clean slate, start with the anything is possible energy. And that sort of reality is really important for all of us to take on board for our own personal development of what the future looks like. So think about the memories that you have and realize that science has now proven that 50% of our memories are false. And you have to choose which ones are false and which ones are real. The ones that are false for me are the ones that de-energize you. And the ones that are de-energizing you aren't helping you at all in any way. And in fact, they are slowing you down in creating new. So a lot of people have bad memories of money, of power, of parents, of religion, of culture, of color, or you name it. It's like whatever you want to have. So get busy becoming wiser so that you can have a clean slate. This really is a time to add real value to the world. And don't be afraid to start again. You might like the new story much better than your old one. Welcome to our future where all our dreams become a reality if you choose them to be. Thank you so much for joining me. And again, this will all be on an ebook, which we'll be having out into the public by Thursday. If you have any questions, please send them to me and please send me your email address so that I can send out this ebook to you. Best of luck out there. And remember, this is now an opportunity for you to recreate like you've never had this opportunity to do. And also an opportunity to grieve the loss that so many people are feeling and to be able to help them in an empathetic way with a coaching mentality. Ciao.